Coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, perched high atop the banks of the majestic Blackstone River. Greetings from the jewel of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. I like how the music goes down. Mm. It's very official sounding. Yeah, it fades right out of there. Welcome to another edition of the Eon Project. Welcome. It feels like it's been a while since our last since our last it's show. It's been a little while, but we've had a few things going on. Yeah, we've had multiple things in our personal lives. You went out of town. I was out of town for a while. Yep, I did a lot of traveling uh, for business, not for fun. I have some big Eon Project news. You do the Eon Project. The Eon Project uh, recording studios will soon be upgraded. The palatial studios that we have now yep. will be uh, upgraded to better digs. The subterranean. Uh, location that we are currently in will be moving shortly you know it's just a sign of the progress of this show we're, we're just meteorically rising true uh into the heavens i'll tell you what we make hundreds of cents off of this uh program we do yeah i don't remember that oh I there must be a, money that you're keeping i'm, I'm I owe keeping you some i'll an iou that's not cool but anyway mm. so welcome to another edition of the eon project welcome we, we are experts of nothing uh but we have a lot of knowledge about a lot of things a well, little knowledge about a lot of things i should say yeah so anyway so last, the last three episodes that we did actually were a three-episode series about the Amityville horror case. And we've all heard about that. We have. We talked about the well, we we, we broke it into three parts. So we talked about the uh, the murders of the DeFeo family. We talked about the paranormal, supposed paranormal happenings, and then we talked about uh, we interviewed a, a gentleman by the name of Rick Moran, who was one of the first on scene. True. As a journalist, uh, all in all, very interesting. Um, I know that some people don't get into the Amityville thing, so mm. if you didn't get into that series, then then too bad for you. But and we're gonna we're gonna go back to different things. Now. That's true. That's true. Hey, I noticed you brought uh, two coffees in today. <laughs> I did. And you know, when you walked in, I got excited. I thought you nope. were thinking about me. No, nope, I brought was not. me something. So but it's not th- for me. No, I want to talk about coffee for a minute. Have you ever seen more people make poor decisions over a beverage besides alcohol mm. uh, than coffee? And the reason I bring that up is because I had a little bit of a mishap on the way here today. So my normal routine before I get to the palatial. Uh, an extravagant Eon Project Studios is I purchase a extra large yep. black coffee mm. from Dunkin' Donuts, who is not a sponsor of this program. Mm-hmm. Um, today, I went to my normal spot, my normal Dunkin' Donuts, which is on the way from my home to your uh, to, to the studios here. Yep. And uh, there was f- probably 15 cars waiting to get into the... Not only were they waiting to get into Dunkin' Donuts drive through they were blocking the road to get to... The drive-through that goes to my theory, and I'll tell, talk you about. No, that No, I wanted. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so, so basically, I was thwarted in mm. my attempt to get a black coffee from Dunkin' Donuts because I was not going to wait the required thirty minutes mm-hmm. to get in through that line. People were blocking traffic, screwing across five lanes. Yes. Tr- almost causing accidents to get there. Yes. So, as a as, as a matter of happenstance, I had to go to McDonald's and get two of their larges instead of the one extra large because they don't have an extra large size at McDonald's. Right. So I have the two. I'm going to combine them together. But it's cheaper too, isn't it? It is cheaper, yeah. So here's my theory on coffee. Okay. So as we know, coffee is the most prevalent uh, drug that there is across the well, world. Well, it is. It's a drug, right? It is. Caffeine it's considered is a, drug. a drug. Okay. It's a, it's a legal drug that is uh, worldwide, and mm-hmm. it's the most consumed, um, you know, body-altering uh, pro- Sub- uh, item that there is. Okay? It, it, yes. So with that said, I think... I think that 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 they're slipping something else into the coffee products, like everybody, or because, just certain people. Because it drives no, no, every everybody. Oh, coffee drives people mad. It's a conspiracy. No, I agree. Like as you said, as evidenced by this morning, and and people will do anything for that coffee. Yeah, anything. And it's annoying. And if you don't get it, it's unsafe. Well, not only that, you know, I've gone days without drinking coffee, and it's fine. 
you know, you move on with and your people life. People are like 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 blind sheep they when get it really comes upset. when it comes to the coffee. Yes, and it annoys me because sometimes I, I avoid Dunkin' Donuts at all costs. Like occasionally, I'll get the breakfast sandwich if I'm uh, hungry and I'm yep. running behind of some kind. Yep. I don't drink a lot of coffee anyway. I do, but. But you see these people, and and now you know what the the most recent phenomenon is. What is that? They they drive up to the window. Oh, with their, and they yeah. put their cell phone. That's out right. Yes. And they sca- what are they doing? They've got an app on there that you can. It's like a gift card. Then they scan. I don't it. understand. Well, no, you're old. You're allowing Dunkin' sc- Donuts access to your to your uh, electronic devices. This what is if, unheard of. Well, what my my and you know, you know what? And this probably thought cro- uh, crossed into your mind. It probably didn't cross into ninety nine point nine percent of our audience's mm. minds. My fear would be that my phone would be stuck on a picture that, that I don't want anyone to see, and they would try to scan it, and it would be some sort of you know what you should do as erotic a joke? photograph. As a joke, you should pull up some adult movie. Well, that's what I was going to say, and, uh, I, and display it to the uh, Dunkin' Donuts worker. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and then, and then I'd be arrested for you know disseminating pornography. Oh. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So on this program today, we have kind of a smorgasbord of topics. Yeah, what does that mean? Like a, a very uh, varying topics? Yeah, you know they're they're all kind of mysterious and creepy mm. and weird and stuff like that. Some of some of them are related to conspiracies. Some of them unknown lost history. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a smorgasbord, a little bit of a break from what we normally do. Yeah. Oh, but we before we get to that, we did get some good f- listener feedback, did we? Oh, not? yeah, we did. Yeah, we had some people say that we were wicked, wicked funny, wicked smart, and we funny, smart and funny. We make people laugh. Yeah, we, and and uh, we had fans clamoring. Clamoring for another show, absolutely. They were clamoring, and uh, and we'll we'll talk about it at the end. But we got a special guest coming up, maybe next week or the week after. Ooh, we'll special, talk about special guest her. Ooh, towards the end of the I like program, having her as a guest. Mm. Interesting. So I think the first, uh, well, and about I'm sorry to no, before go ahead. we start about halfway through. Once again, we have a uh, a little uh, uh, deviation from the program. We're going to do a little bit. Uh, a little trivia bit. Mike and I like to test each other's knowledge of random things. Random random things. We're getting some good feedback about the contest. We're going to do a contest. So we're going to do that as well about halfway through the program, which so, will be 30 minutes. Just a tease. We're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the moon landing hoax. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk all about that and ab- about uh, how it ties into the movie industry. Yeah. We're going to talk about some Revolutionary War mysteries. Ooh. One in particular, which is very interesting to me. Hopefully it's interesting to you as well. Um we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, some internet conspiracies. Yep. Uh, that I ha- that, uh, that that that's my portion over there, and uh, and we'll see what else comes up. During and the if year. we have time, uh, there's a uh, an interesting conspiracy, mystery, hoax, whatever theory that you want to say, uh, call it. Yep. About the Titanic. Ooh. And we're not talking about not the talking, movie, the Titanic. We, we're not talking about the fact that fat-ass Rose could have just moved over onto the door. Oh, we'll talk about then, that later. And then yeah. uh, Leo could have fit. That is true. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the moon landing. Ah. So as we all know, what moon? Oh, our, our moon? moon. Oh, the Earth's moon. Our moon. It's you know it's made of Swiss cheese mm. and it, uh, you know, it orbits. I wish the, Earth. the moon was made of boneless spare ribs. <laughs> I would wash it down with an ice cold Budweiser. Sorry. Oh, that was it. That was Harry Carey. That was me impersonating somebody impersonating Harry Carey. That's right. So, Will Ferrell. That was pretty good. Sorry. Go ahead. So anyway, the moon landing. As we all know, the you, uh, the United States uh, NASA, the United States of America, went to the moon. We well, did. at least that's the theory. Some people did. And we're, we're going to present some uh, alternative uh, viewpoints to this. And I'm not saying I necessarily subscribe to this. No. But it's just to get get your mind uh, thinking. So, some people are, like, bought into this 100%, right? Sure, yeah. So just some quick facts about the moon landing. We obviously landed on the moon yep. on July 20th, 1969. Ooh. And who landed there? Do you know? Neil Armstrong, Bud, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Johnson. No. <laughs> 
Close. Michael Johnson was a sprinter. Oh. Michael Collins was the, I know was it was the a, third astronaut, but he Michael. didn't actually land there. He was in charge you know, of the lunar imagine uh, orbiter. That, imagine being that dude. So you get to go to the moon, yep. and you don't get to get out. That's nope. like going to Disney World and having to stay in the parking lot. Yeah. Or getting on the bus and just traveling about. You like that analogy? Yeah, it was pretty good. Sorry, go ahead. You've been to Disney World? I have. I love Disney World. I've been mm-hmm. there many times. And if Disney World is listening to this, we would love an all-expenses-paid trip for the Eon Project. Uh, from for me and my family, <laughs> we could, have, we could <laughs> to have go an, down there. We could have an Eon Project ride. We we should have an Eon Project ride. It would be hilarious. That would be cool. It would be a great time. So poor Michael Collins. He was uh, he was in charge of the orbiter that was uh, going to pick up old Buzz and Neil when they uh, when they left the moon. He was in charge of the lunar probes. That's right. So the the lunar the lunar lander was called the Eagle. And if you all remember from you know the the you know the video the grainy videos yes and the and audio they say the Eagle has landed. The Eagle has landed. So it landed on on the moon. Yeah, the Sea of Tranquility. Why do they call it the Sea of Tranquility? There's no water there, right? Exactly. It's very tranquil. It doesn't move. It doesn't. Is uh, the Sea flow. of Tranquility? And this is just me asking because uh, I don't know a whole lot about anything. Is the Sea of Tranquility that really large part of the moon that you can see? That's like a depression that looks like, uh, you know, a, an ocean or whatever. Is that is that the Sea of Tranquility? Yep. You don't know. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, it, it it not only was it a unbelievable and this is kind of where the 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 conspiracies probably come from originate from not only was it an um, amazing and unbelievable feat of technology at the time but it would be today yeah think about it. that's what i don't understand i think you're probably going to get to that later but i don't understand the technology aspects of it right at all and and everything was 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 analog there was Mm -hmm. no digital uh technology there was no microchips per se right. that we know of today so there's more they say there's more calculating power in your smartphone right. than they used to uh you know navigate space and time to get to the moon and that, land that it and come back to earth sense to me it's hard it's hard to wrap your brain around which is why a lot of people um do not subscri- subscribe to that theory that we that we landed on the moon they say it was all a hoax so the whole thing started obviously because it was a space race correct we were racing the russians we were to try to get to the moon and uh what the purpose of that was, I don't know, other than the fact to say that we were the first ones there. Well, you know, it was during the height of the Cold War, and uh, it, it mainly was, uh, you know, the the nuclear race, the nuclear race between the U.S. and, and the Soviet Union was going on at the time. Yes. They wanted to see who could build the, the biggest, the baddest uh, rockets. Right. And, you know, who was the best <laughs> and smartest and brightest well, people in the world. And that actually is a reference to uh, one of the earlier shows that we did uh, referencing Operation Paperclip, where mm. we smuggled, the United States smuggled... Uh, German scientists out of Germany during World War after World War II, and uh, they were instrumental in our space program. That's correct. So you like how that just went circular? It all it all ties. Everything's in. related, man. So I think another another reason why people have a hard time believing this, I think, it, and it goes as crazy as this sounds, it probably goes to the flat Earth theory as well, hmm. which is people's distrust of authority. You know, they don't sure. believe the government stories. Rightfully so, mind you. Mm-hmm. They haven't been a trustworthy uh, organization for many, many years. Not just our government, but all, no all governments, governments in general. Right. For some reason, um, yeah. So, <laughs> so you did. They distrust the government. Right. They have a hard time believing in uh, that much technology at the time. So, right. Um, yeah. So, so you know, that's actually funny that you mentioned. So, President Kennedy. Uh, well, actually, he wasn't around for this because he was assassinated, unfortunately. Right, but right. one of in one of his most famous speeches, I think that there was a flub and he ad libbed it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like he, he yeah he kind of screwed up. He screwed up because he said he was talking about the uh, 
the space race and all these things that we're supposedly going to do. And I, I think I may be paraphrasing, but I think I'm right on when he said, we choose to go to the moon and to do the other things. The other things. Yeah. The, the other, what other things? That sounds weird, doesn't it? It sounds. I've always thought that that yeah, was strange. It sounded like a flub. And he was a pretty good speech writer. He was a good. Yeah. Well, not only he was a good speaker. He was a compelling. compelling what are the speaker. other things? I choose to go to the moon and do the other things, like go to the store. <laughs> and uh, have Marilyn, sneak Marilyn Monroe into Marilyn the back Monroe. door of the Oval Office. Yes. I and have relations with her uh, next to George Washington's bust. I have a train of women through, me, through my house. Ah, Mr. President. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So and I think that's part of the reason why NASA was trying so hard to get to the moon was they wanted to, uh, they wanted to live out the dreams of President Kennedy. Yes. Um, when he made that when he made that promise oh so many years prior yep. however they did it by the end of the decade 69 which was unbelievable and like i said before if that would have happened today we'd all be huddled around our smart tvs and flat screens and everything else watching this stuff go on right but unfortunately it doesn't happen so what are some of the reasons that you think that people don't believe that we made it to the moon well one of the reasons that i can think of first of first and foremost is and and i think you spoke to it just briefly earlier is we can't do it now, mm. right? Supposedly the technology doesn't exist t- right now, or it doesn't. We don't have the ability to get a human being to the moon and then back safely. Mm. So how is that possible? How is it possible forty years ago, right? But not now. So that that's part of my part of my problem with the whole thing is that you know we landed on the moon, we went back there a bunch of times supposedly. Supposedly. Um. So from that point forward, I think you know NASA's mis- mission changed. They went from mm-hmm. this you know exploring the solar system to coming up with a uh, a new and interesting reusable ship to go back and forth into outer space which the ended up being the, the shuttle program right. which i think they should have devoted their time into exploring the moon further well sure and going beyond the moon we could have been onto mars by now i, well, I would think well why why and, and this is just me asking for my own edification but why would they switch from a um a a a program to land people on various objects to just just exploring the atmosphere and just exploring in orbit, which is basically you, they went from a lander to an orbiter. Right. So what was the purpose of that? I don't know. How come you don't know? I wish I knew the answer to that. But one of the reasons why, and probably one of the first reasons why people think that we didn't make it to the moon is something called the Van Allen Radiation Belt. You know, I know a man by the name of Van Allen with the, with the, the last name Van Allen, which is a great guy. I don't think he listens to the show, but if he did... What's his be, first name? His name is Ed. Oh. Great dude. Used to be a, f- a former boss of mine. Very nice man. Edward Van Allen? Oh, yes. that's, a, that's a distinct name. It, he's a very nice man. Very smart. Should have been like the, f- the third. Uh, Edward Van Allen the third. Yes. That's a good John Houseman name. Oh, oh. You know, remember John Houseman? Mm. Mr. Van Allen, turn in your work. <laughs> anyway. So the Van Allen radiation belt is a zone of energetic charged particles, most of which... They actually originate from the solar wind that is captured by and held around a planet. It's a pl- magnetic field. You know, a fat guy walked by me the other day, and I think I felt his solar wind <laughs> coming off the backside oh, of him. That was his anal wind, actually. Yeah. So these charged particles are absorbed and held in place by the Earth's magnetic field. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the radiation is, uh, is beyond words, they say. Beyond words. Ah, they say that if you, went, if you were to go pass through the uh, Van Allen radiation belt, you would become... Uh, you'd be fried. You'd really? be overexposed to radiation. They mm-hmm. say that the the capsule would have to be uh, super thick with uh, super uh, super uh, magnetically resistant particles made out so, of metals and alloys and things. So the Van Allen belts actually protect the Earth from from this radiation, correct? 
No. No. No, the radiation belt is just the collection of the radiation that comes to us from the, from the sun. Oh, the I ma- see. So, the Earth's so magnetic field is actually what I protects see. So, us. So once you escape the Earth's uh, protective layer, Correct. you would be uh, bombarded with too much radiation and you wouldn't be able to make it. That's right. They say it extends from about 500 to about 58,000 kilometers above the Earth. So when the, uh, the orbiter, the space shuttle is orbiting the Earth, is it within the belt or within the, uh, within the protective layer? It's, it's sub-belt. It is sub-built. I don't know. I don't know specifically or not. But they say NASA's explanation for this is that they they passed through the belt so quickly that they mm. were they were exposed to just minimum amounts of radiation, minimal amounts of radiation at that time. Even minimal amounts of radiation would, would have some sort of effect on a person, wouldn't you think? Well, look at Buzz Aldrin. If he's still kicking It had around. anti-aging properties. Yeah, he's still He's still around. punching people in the face. Yeah, that Man. guy's still around kicking. He's vi- vibrant. He's amazing. And he's a guy that wants to explore the universe. Isn't uh, Buzz Aldrin a, a proponent of uh, life on other worlds? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is. That's a lot of the astronauts are if you talk to them. I haven't talked and to them. And a lot of them, them have had have had uh interesting encounters yeah. in space that they uh that they talk about. Interesting. That's true. One of the other theories <laughs> uh is they say that when the the moon lander landed it didn't leave any kind of depression or any kind of crater on the earth when it or on the moon when it How landed. How do we know that? Well, because there's photographic evidence. There's photos of the moon lander on the on the on the uh, surface of the moon. So when the astronauts famously walked on the moon, they left in, indentations when they walked. So you would think that a, a a spacecraft that weighed, you know, thousands of tons or whatever the case may be, would have would have. That's right. Left some sort of indent. So NASA's explanation on this is that the there wasn't because the the moon's gravity is just a fraction of the earth's gravity mm-hmm. as they were landing they just made a slow descent using very minimal uh thrusters to keep from smashing into the into the moon right. so it would have just disturbed some of the dust and debris it well, would have really made a dent when it comes down though you know the thrusters keeping it from from landing too hard you think would kick up all this dust yeah you know it, it would obscure the camera for hours and everything like that because there's no atmosphere or so on uh, it reminds me of a time when I was a youngster, mm. uh, and it was a very, very hot day, and we were poor folk, and we had no air conditioning. Yeah. And my, uh, I couldn't sleep. It was too hot, and I, went, I was crying. I cried a lot as a youngster. Uh, and I cried, and I went to my mother, and she said to me, take some powder, mm. some baby powder, oh. and sprinkle it on your bed. That will cool you off. Uh, really? So, so what I did was I emptied the entire bottle of baby powder onto my bed, and I dove onto it. Landing on the bed with such force that it kicked up all of the baby powder into a fine mist mm. that covered the entire room, uh, all of the surfaces of the room, and uh, caused a choking hazard for anyone who would go in there. It seems to me that, especially being hot and moist, rolling around in baby powder would cause some sort of cake batter effect, <laughs> and you'd be layered in cake batter. <laughs> I just did what I was told, sir. Oh, how'd, anyway, you, how'd you get out of that? She mess? was very upset with me because it was now there was there was a powder residue mm. over everything. So one of the other sorry for that digression. That's okay. So one of the other uh, theories that people that don't believe the moon landing occurred is that it was actually all filmed on a in a sound studio, and we're going to get is. to that more specifically here in a minute. But yes, one of the things that they did is they when they planted the flag, the U.S. flag, into the surface of the moon, mm-hmm. it rippled and it waved as if it was being blown in the wind. Well, now throughout your research, did it did it tell you what the flag was made out of? It, it wasn't was just a, a cloth flag. It is a cloth flag. I thought it was a metal flag. No, because all it is is a it's a cloth flag with a you have a vertical uh, a vertical flagpole, yep. right? Yep. And then you have a horizontal flagpole that goes over the top of the flag to, to kind of like it out to keep it straight and out, supposedly. And, and because of the no wind, it should stay just like that, right? 
but they're saying that it rippled when they put it in. Right, which, of course, the, the, the actual explanation for that would be inertia, right? Something moves, sure. that the, 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 you know, properties of the universe are... Things are moving. Are still moving, you know, they still apply on the moon as they do on, on Earth. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, how about we talk a little bit about uh, some of the... The theories about why it was rec- why they say it was filmed in a studio in a uh, in a film studio. Okay. Do you know anything about that? <laughs> I do. Oh, okay. So the conspiracy theory. So as you can t- probably tell, we're kind of debunking a lot of the reasons why people think it was a-, a hoax throughout as we go. But one of the more more interesting to me theories is that the um, the powers that be in NASA and the U.S. government actually enlisted the help of a famous Hollywood director mm. to help orchestrate the moon landing hoax and film it in such a way that it would appear to be authentic. The person that they decided to pick, Stanley Kubrick. Oh, you will not laugh, you will not cry, you will learn by the numbers, I will teach you. Stanley Kubrick directed such films as The Shining, Mm -hmm. Full Metal Jacket, as you just referenced, A Clockwork Orange, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and so on and so forth. Very respected director during the the 1960s and 70s, um, and he was one of the most prominent directors in Hollywood. So the government decided to hire him to help fake the moon landing and make it more believable. However, the conspiracy theory is is that he felt so bad about it mm. that he made uh, movies and left clues in the movies as a way to both apologize for his transgressions and also to let people know that the moon landing was fake. Really? Yes. Interesting. So, supposedly, there is proof of Stanley Kubrick's In, in his various uh, films? Yes. Oh. One in particular. Well, the reason that they, they picked Stanley Kubrick, number one, he was a great director, but number two, he had just filmed a very successful space film called 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's right. And they, they thought, he knows a lot about space. Let's get this guy in here. So supposedly, uh, here are some of the clues that uh, that he left, Stanley Cooper left, specifically in the movie The Shining. Now, have you seen The Shining? I've seen The Shining. Isn't it a great movie? Red Rum. It's a good movie, but you know what? Uh, I find that the acting isn't the best in certain parts. It's, you know, Shelley Duvall not a good actress. bothers me. Yeah, you know, I liked her in Popeye she's with Robin Williams. But other than that, she's not good. She's not an attractive woman. No, she's not. Not at all. So if you you're gonna have to recall the movie The Shining, because we can't play the movie for you, because this is a uh, an, a broadcast on the air. Correct. But if you've seen the movie, you you probably remember at least some of these things because they're kind of prominent in the film. So I'm gonna go, go through them and just let you know, you know, why this is supposedly attached to the moon landing hoax. Little Danny Torrance. You know who Little Danny Torrance oh, is? Oh, yeah. He's a little boy, uh, Jack Nicholson's son in the movie. And you can see, th- this is actually the, the film's supposedly biggest clue. He's wearing a jumper or a sweater with the Apollo 11 rocket knitted right into the pattern. Was it a romper? It could have been a romper oh. or a sweater. Mm-hmm. So it had Apollo 11 on it. And yep. as we all know, Apollo 11 was the mission that landed on the moon. That's right. So supposedly this is the first clue that he left that the Apollo, uh, there may be something amiss with the Apollo 11 mission. Mm. So, in the, and as you may or may not know, The Shining was actually adapted from a Stephen King book. Did you know that? I did. So, in the Stephen King book, the name of the room where all the supposed activity, the, the worst room in the whole hotel, uh, as you, as maybe I should just tell you a little bit about the movie if you haven't seen it. So, it's essentially uh, Jack Nicholson and his wife and child are... Over uh, overseeing a hotel throughout the winter, a large, imposing hotel in mm. the mountains, and, it, and it's abandoned except for these folks that are there as caretakers. Lots of paranormal stuff happens. It's a scary movie. You should check it out. That was my review. There you go. Of Good. The, the Shining. So anyway, so in the Stephen King book, room two seventeen was the room where all sorts of stuff happened. Yes. In the movie, it's room two thirty seven, and the reason for that is apparently 
because the distance between the Earth and the moon is 237,000 miles. That's exactly right. So he's used that as a uh, as a metaphor. A little bit of a clue there. A little bit of a yep, clue. Yep. Um, so supposedly the Overlook Hotel, uh, where where you know the, where all this stuff happens, is supposedly reprimand, uh, represents America. Mm. And Danny, the little boy who approaches the room, represents Stanley Kubrick's artistic side. Oh, you have to dive a little bit deeper into the into symbolism. Who's got so much time on their hands to do this? By you the know way? what, you would be very surprised. As a matter of fact, I watched too many YouTube videos of this <laughs> crap before I for this show. But yeah, anyway. So in one of the famous scenes, we see that Jack Torrance, by this point in the movie, he's going nuts. Yeah. He's, he's becoming uh, cabin feverish. Yep, he's lost it. He's lost it, he's, he, and he's a, he plays a, a very convincing nut, Jack Nicholson does. But anyway, so the Jack Nicholson character is seen at a typewriter, and he's writing all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Mm. Keeps writing it over and over and over and over and over. It's kind of a creepy scene. However, in one of the scenes, the camera focuses on he leaves a page blank, with the exception of he's, he, supposedly he's starting to write all work and no play again, except it just says all. And if you look closely, it looks like A11 instead of Apollo ALL. 11. So okay. Apollo 11. Okay. Again, you gotta, you got to look deeper. Yep. So in several scenes in the movie, there's a hexagonal pattern found on the carpets of the Overlook Hotel. Supposedly, it was designed specifically to reference the Apollo 11 launching pads, which were in that octagonal uh, form interesting and one thing stanley kubrick has it has and had he's dead had a reputation of being a very very anal director mm. every little detail needed to be just right nothing in his movies is an accident right everything in his movies is on purpose which is leads to this you know, so there has to be a reason whether it's right. that or something else correct so everything that he did was really <laughs> was related to that <laughs> and there's a dog barking that's the uh, that's Stanley that Kubrick's <laughs> hellhound came back from the dead. Anyway, so supposedly Danny sees the corpses of twins, mm-hmm. uh, dead the dead apparition of twins. Yeah, those are creepy. Those yeah, little these girls, two, two twin girls that yeah. were supposedly murdered in the hotel. Uh, in the book, it's only one person oh. that he sees. So in the movie, supposedly they moved it to uh, twins because it's a reference to the Gemini program, which was the Gemini. Yes, uh, uh, Gemini the predecessor was the to predecessor Apollo. to Apollo. Which so he's seeing the. Uh, the dead Gemini oh, Apollo is now... I see. Reborn. Gotta, are you following along? I got you. Okay. This is good. Supposedly, well, there were seven Apollo space missions, but only six actually landed on the moon. Right. In the film, you see in the hotel lobby, there are six crates of 7-Up soft drink. <laughs> so you have six and seven. Okay. That makes sense. The math makes sense. Sure. sure. And uh, Dick Halloran, who was the friendly... Uh, Cook guy? Yeah, the uh, the friendly African-American gentleman. Yeah. yeah. He's from Florida, which is where the space missions uh, began. Because uh, no black people are from Florida. Nope. Okay. And the owner of the hotel has an eagle on his windowsill, like an eagle sculpture. Yep. And as we know, as you just mentioned, the Apollo 11 lunar module is nicknamed the eagle. Mm. So there's lots of obscure stuff, and you actually have to really dive into it. Um, what were the clues from uh, his movie Full Metal Jacket? Were there any in there? You know, I didn't see any from, oh, from Full Metal Jacket, oh. no. So, did Stanley Kubrick help uh, orchestrate the moon landing hoax film? And one of the other things I didn't mention was supposedly in the... And there's a there's a, there's a lighting technique right. uh, called frontal... Uh, oh, gosh. Frontal nudital uh, no. filming. No? No. It's, it, oh, I'm sorry. It's called front projection. It's a lighting technique. And yep. supposedly, 
front projection is the lighting technique in the Apollo 11 films, and it was a technique pioneered by Stanley Kubrick in right. his early movies. And that's what that was one of the that was one of the theories too is that if you look at pictures for, uh, of the astronauts on the moon, there should only be one light source technically, right? There should only be the yeah. sun coming from a direction. Yep. But if you look at the pictures, it appears that there's multiple light sources. Well, there was lights on the lander indicating that there was lights coming from different directions like studio lights, things there like that. There were lights on the lander. Well, that's true. But also, there's a famous picture of a rock called the Sea Rock in, in terms of the letter C, like Charlie C. Uh-huh. And there's a rock with the letter C emblazoned upon it. Oh. And people think that it's a it's just a leftover studio prop that somebody forgot to move <laughs> out of the picture, and somehow it made its way through the final cut. Do you think that if they were planning on hoaxing millions of Americans with this mm. astronomical excuse me, film, that they would have left in a... Film prop. It's possible. Now let me ask you this: Do you think you know how some nights on a clear, a clear evening, yeah. and the moon looks gigantic in the sky, right? You know, couldn't you just, if you had like a real good telescope, you just zoom in it. and see the, well, uh, the remnants of my, the the landing? I, I believe you can see it, but mm. do you know if, if the moon hoaxers, if you will, that think that we never did we never land on the moon, or we just didn't land when we said nope, we did? never did, never been there, never been there. So. When people look at through a telescope and see what we left behind, because we left a lot of stuff behind, we've left the rover behind, yeah, uh, flag, and we left some stuff, and we left a, uh, a like a time capsule in case aliens come. Yeah, you know, there's actually a we could do another program. We're not going to do it today because we're going to run out of time. But uh, NASA or astronaut, a U.S. astronaut uh, encounters strange encounters in. In space, and and yeah. they all stem back to specifically the moon, right? The the moon landing, supposedly the original moon landing. They were they encountered some different things, so right. we can get into that too. Uh, so, what do you think? Do you think that we landed on the moon? <laughs> I think that we absolutely landed on the moon. I think there's no question about it. Uh, I do too, but I just don't. I just don't. I still don't get. And we talked about it earlier why we never proceeded further I don't get into that the either. solar system. I don't get that either. And then also, one thing I don't even understand, and this is more of a an astronomical question more than a than a hoax question or a conspiracy question. How come the moon never see? How come the moon never turns? Like you, you, you only see the one side of it. That's right. So why is that? Because that that's the side that is facing the Earth, and as it rotates and it never around rotates? the Earth, it doesn't it doesn't spin on its axis like the like like the Earth does. It doesn't rotate at all. It doesn't spin on its axis. No, it does not. I don't believe that. It doesn't. It faces <laughs> the Earth the whole time. That's why we don't see the other side of it. That doesn't. That that seems very odd to me. That everything in the universe spins. Right, mm-hmm. everything. Well, it does spin. except the except it the spins moon. around the Earth. It goes around the Earth. No, no, but it doesn't rotate on its axis, like you said. Nope, doesn't. So everything rotates on its axis. Nope. Okay, well, you're wrong. You don't. No, that's true. All right, so here we are at the halfway point of the show. Yep. We're going to uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna stop stop recording here for a second. Okay. Mike's looking at me funny. I am because I don't know what's coming. I think he wants to wrestle with me. No, we're gonna uh, <laughs> we're gonna do a quick a uh, a quick break. We're gonna come right back and we're going to introduce the next bit. So stand by. All right, so this next little bit we're going to get into, we like to do trivia. We like to do pop culture stuff. So this one we're calling uh, uh, Movie Quote Guessing Game. Ooh, that's a very original that's, title. Isn't that original? I just, you know what? T- copyright that before someone It took it. me all night to think of that. Yep. So the way it's going to go is Mike Mike has been tasked, myself as well, uh, of coming up with three uh, quotes from movies, any, any time period, any genre, any decade. Oh, uh, we have to guess what movie it's from. Right, so I'll read my quote. <clears throat> Excuse me. And play along with us at home, and let us know how you did. And then you'll have to guess what movie it is. And for extra credit, you get uh, if you guess the uh, the character as well. Do we have to do it in the voice of the person? You can do it. Yeah, you can do it in any voice you want. 
No, no, no. So it doesn't have to be in the voice of the person that's, that, you know, like the character? Uh, you could, yeah. Because you know I'm a, I'm a world-famous actor, so okay. I want to be able to get into my role here. Okay. If that is what is uh, All right, you, you go first then. Oh. Good. Okay. <clears throat> this is a fairly easy one. You all should right, get it. Right. But I want, you to, uh, I want you to think about this. I'm thinking one. hard. I'll tell you where, someplace warm, a place where the beer flows like wine, where beautiful women instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. Oh, that's Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> that's that's uh, Harry. Applause. Oh, no, Lloyd. Nope, Sorry, it was Lloyd. Lloyd. Yes, Lloyd. Yes, that's good, yeah, that's right. It's a good quote. The, good. the salmon of the Capistrano is what gave it away. Salmon of Capistrano. You know why that's funny, right? Yeah. Because it's the swallows of Capistrano, <laughs> not the salmon of That Capistrano. is true. Yeah, Samsonite. Samsonite. I was way off. All right, here we go. Okay. You still don't know what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Its structural perfection is matched only by its hostility. Oh, oh. Is that Predator? <laughs> oh, close. <laughs> oh. No, I... It is an alien-style movie. Oh. Is it alien? Mm-hmm. Oh, is it Sigourney <laughs> Weaver that said that? No, that's Ash. Oh, and the character Ash, Ash. I don't remember him. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm no. winning. One nothing. One nothing. Okay. All right. So here's one. Here's one. It's kind of a longer one. Okay. <clears throat> you know how I stayed alive this long? All these years? Fear. The spectacle of fearsome acts. Someone steals from me? I cut off his hands. He offends me? I cut out his tongue. He rises against me? I cut off his head, stick it on a pike, raise it high, so all in the streets can see. That's what preserves the order of things. Fear. Oh, I know that one. Gangs of New York. <laughs> <laughs> yes, who said it? Daniel Day Lewis. Well, yeah. Well, Will, Bill Cutting. Yeah. Oh. Bill the Butcher said, What oh, the good. Man. Oh, man. It's a good quote, though. That is a good one. Oh, this is a short one. Oh, you got two now. All right, you ready? Yep. God, I look like the robot from Aliens. <laughs> oh, the, the accent should have given it away. <laughs> God, I look like the robot from Aliens. Uh, why does everything get Aliens? Um, I thought it was applicable because the first one was Aliens. It's a comedy. I, I, I can tell okay. from, from the from the frivolity that you uh, <laughs> delivered that line. Oh. Um, I don't know. <laughs> what is that? Uh, that's the 2012 uh, comedic uh, genius performance uh, of Ted uh, by Ted. Oh, 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 oh. With Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. And a little furry uh, teddy bear. Mark Wahlberg, wh- whom I know personally. You do. I've you guys him. are buddies. You hang out. Well, you know, we did hang out for a night. Kinda. All right. <laughs> so I'm over two and oh, you're two. two yeah, and two and zero, oh, baby. Okay, here we go. All right. You mess with the bull, young man. You get the horns. Oh. Would it help if I did the finger? You can't see, but the oh. fingers. You mess with the bull, young man. You get the horns. I'm doing the finger. That's like Ronnie James Dio does that. The, like the Dio or the uh, the University of Texas hook 'em horns. Yeah. Thing. Is that uh, Raging Bull? It is not. Oh, I don't know that one. It was uh, the principal from the Breakfast Club. When he walked into, uh, oh, that's right. Said, you mess with the bull, young man. You get the that's horns. That's right. I should have, I should have known that when you did the little hand thing. Instead of go to prison, you'll come here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So All right. You missed that one. All right. Here we go. You're probably not going to get this one. Either. I probably. I'm not very good at this game. Let's get some of that Saturday Night Beaver. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's get some of that Saturday Night Beaver. Did you just pick obscure things no. that I wouldn't... No, this is a great movie. you got to know this. Saturday Night Beaver. I'll give you a hint. Okay, give me a hint. So the character, the character's name who said that was uh, Chest Rockwell. Chest <laughs> Rockwell? I don't know what that is, man. I've never seen that movie. Come on. Boogie Nights? 
Oh, I don't remember. The great porn film with Mark Wahlberg you know again? I sent a, you and Mark Wahlberg, you have some sort of thing with you him. You said you like Mark Wahlberg. No, not really. He's okay. You got to watch You got to watch Boogie Nights, my friend. It's a classic. Uh, I think you Brock cheated Landers. because we were supposed to pick things that you could. the other person was supposed to be able to oh, get. Oh, I thought you would have known that. I, I lost that game. So if you're playing along at home, uh, feel sorry for me because uh, I lost. That was bad. All right. Anyway. What do you want to get into next? So I want to go back. I want to go back a long ways, mm. and I want to go back to a period in history which I enjoy uh, immensely. Yeah, and I want to discuss a little known, um, a little known mysterious event, or a, a myst- yeah, mysterious person, if I will. Yep, that basically, and it, for all intents and purposes, could have saved America with her private parts. Ooh, Betsy Ross. Let me talk about this for a moment. Oh, so I want you to go back in your time machine to the winter of 1776. It was cold. Very cold. We're in the midst of the Revolutionary War. Yep. George Washington uh, has spent the last year getting his butt kicked up and down the eastern coast of the United States. He was driven out of New York. The British were winning. It was terrible times for the uh, the Continental Army. Let me ask you this, just real quickly. Yeah. Was George Washington, historically looking back, was he considered a good general or a bad general? That's a great question. He was considered a bad general at the time. Mm. And it's become... You don't hear that nowadays, and ever, it's sacrilegious to criticize Washington. Mm. Um, George Washington actually lost more battles than he won. Right. Uh, he was considered not actually considered to be replaced several times throughout the uh, throughout the Revolutionary War uh, by Congress, who did not have a lot of faith in him until mm. this incident. Oh, good segue. Which is a good segue. So, winter of seventeen seventy six, Washington and Continental Army are tough times. It's, it's been whistled down to only a few thousand members of mm. the Continental Army. The British are winning. The British and the Americans are supposedly now entering into winter quarters. You know what winter quarters are? Well, back then it was probably not much of anything. Yeah. So, no. So, winter quarters means that in warfare back in, this, in the 18th century, which, you know, the 1700s, is a, a lot different than it is today. Right. Uh, now, you know, you have planes and tanks and trains and everything else to get people to where they need to go. Back then, they had to walk everywhere. So... Um, there were very uh, battles and uh, warfare and campaigning was actually very much restricted by the weather. So in the winter time, they would go into winter quarters, meaning that there was no not a lot of action going on mm. usually. Yeah. So in if you were following the adherence of gentlemanly warfare, you did not conduct operations in the winter time. Right. That was just what you did. So everyone thought that everyone was going to go into winter quarters, and and as I said, Washington's army was in rough shape. They were losing, and not only that. So you have December 1776. Most of Washington's army that does remain is about to all have all their enlistments uh, run out. Yep. So January 1st, all of his most of his guys are going to their enlistments are going to run out and they're going to go home. So uh, if that happens, the Continental Army is gone. The British have won the Revolutionary War, right. basically, because that's 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 where everything is headed. So that basically he needs a victory. He needs something that's going to happen. Where it's going to draw more recruits, it's going to it's going to bolster the American spirit, mm. if you will, and hopefully turn the tide of the war. So what you have is a situation where he's desperate for a desperate for a, a great victory, and right across the river, so in uh, in Trenton, New Jersey, yes, is a contingent of Hessians. You know what a Hessian ah, is? They, I think they were the Prussian soldiers, weren't they? Yes, so uh, Hess, the Hessians refers to a, a an area in Germany called Hesse Kessel, oh. which was known for its uh, um, export exportation of soldiers, so mercenaries. So, and, and it, it this actually came from a lot of different provinces in Germany. But for all intents and purposes, we'll say that all Germans are Hessians for this for this conversation. Okay. 
So anyway, so the Hessians are, are encamped in Trenton, New Jersey. Um, Washington is across the border, across the river in Pennsylvania. Yep. He wants to cross the river to attack the Hessians there because it's going to provide a fearic, uh, not a fearic, it's going to provide a uh, uh, compelling victory if they are able to win. Surprise attack. So, well, ah, see, you're wrong. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> so history would have you believe that the Americans crossed the, uh, Washington crossed the Delaware, attacked the Hessians in the dead of night on Christmas night, 1776, uh, and caught the Germans sleeping and drunk. Right. There's that, that famously historically inaccurate photo of yeah. him crossing the Delaware. That's correct. However. Painting, actually. However. It, it, and, and I'm not going to get into the, the long discussion of it because I'm actually preparing a chapter of, of a new book related to this. Oh, you're writing a new book? I am. Oh, you I, heard it here first, folks. Yes, but I want to just tease it now. So uh, Washington wants to attack the Hessians. They're hated. They're foreigners. They're mercenaries. Everybody hates the, the Hessians, but they're considered to be a very mm. uh, formidable force. They're, they're, they have big mustaches. They big do. I've seen fl- that. Flowing mustaches. Yeah, and they had strange uh, outfits. They did. They had these high helmets. Anyway... To make a long story short, he wanted to attack the Hessians. So in order to do that, he needed to attack at a certain time when it would be beneficial. So they decided to do it in the middle of the night on Christmas night. That's not really uh, important to the story. What is important to the story is that the Hessian garrison at Trenton was supposed to be supported by other Hessian uh, groups that were in the area, uh, contingents of Hessians. So the way they did it back in the day, when they went into uh, encampments, they would position the forces would position themselves within a few miles of each other so that they could come in mutual aid if there was an attack. Right. So basically, if you're in Trenton, you would want some uh, another supporting force to be just a few miles right. away in case something happens. You can go there. They didn't have any uh, close air support. They or did anything not. Like they that. had to rely on yeah. people running to the scene. So you wanted people within a few miles. Yep. So Colonel Rawl, who was the commander of the Hessians at Trenton, was actually a very competent commander and actually requested that his supporting uh, his uh, his commanding officer by the name of Colonel Von Donop, would he requested that Colonel Von Donop put his uh, force within a few miles of Trenton in case there was an attack. So they did they did the, did the Hessian forces command themselves or were they underneath under British command? Well, they were they were under British command essentially. So they they that's a good question. So no, they they, they didn't have they had independent command as to where they could set up and right. stuff like that. But the, the general overall command was from the British. So. Um, Colonel Von Donop was supposed to have set up, as I said, within a few miles of Trenton. What he did, however, he set up 18 miles away in Mount Holly, uh, Mount Holly, New Jersey, mm-hmm. because of a woman. Ooh. Now, 18 miles doesn't sound like it's very far well, today. Well, back then it is. 18 miles back in the day in the dead of winter, that's more than a day's march. That's a couple of days' march right, away. Right, right. So not within distance to support an attack. So he wasn't he wasn't close enough to help them if they needed help that's uh, correct. immediately. So. The the, uh, the Americans are coming, and the uh, Hessians are not in a good position to support one another. And the reason is, is because Car- Colonel Von Donop has shacked up with a mysterious woman. Ooh. She's known as the mysterious widow of Mount Holly. Was she a hussy? Well, they say she was ex- extraordinarily beautiful. Oh. A young widow of a doctor. Mm. She was in Mount Holly, uh, New Jersey, and she enticed Colonel Von Donop to spend Christmas night... In, in her bedchamber. In her bedchamber. Oh, she seduced him. Which is too far away to support Colonel uh, Rawl. So he he went and he went where she was. That's right. Ah. So he shacked up with this mysterious widow. The attack, and I'm not going to get into that. The attack was successful. The Trenton the, the uh, Trenton garrison was defeated. The American cause was bolstered. It, uh, as a result of the victory, all sorts of new recruits came out, and the American uh, the t- uh, turn of the tide went towards the Americans. The Americans won the Revolutionary War a couple of years later. Yes. 
So, a lot of this hinges on this woman. Do we know who this mysterious woman is? We don't. However, she's, her name is lost to history. But the conspiracy part of it, the mysterious part, is that no one knows who this person is. She was known as a, 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 a young widow of a doctor. However, records don't show of any widow of any doctor living there. So is this this uh, encounter with this woman, this is this is documented, though? This is something this is that actually happened? That's correct. There's eyewitnesses that, that reported that Colonel Donop was... Oh, they were eyewitnesses. Well, not maybe, maybe not... within earshot. Shena- maybe not one of the shenanigans that were taking place in mm-hmm. the bedchamber. But there were witnesses that did report this was an actual person. Now, the mysterious part comes in, the, like I said, no one knows who this was. Now, at the time, and a lot of people know this now because there's been some, it's, it's been kind of revealed that, uh, excuse me, George Washington was a, is a, was a very prolific spy master. Yeah, he was. He ran something called the Culper Ring, which was a ring of spies uh, all throughout New England and the, actually all the way down to the southern states. And he ran this network of spies that were reporting, uh, you know, movements of the British and all sorts of stuff like that. And... Some people think that this mysterious woman was one of his culper spies. Right. And he kept such meticulous rec- – uh, n- not meticulous records. He kept such meticulous care to not reveal who these people were that to this day most people in the culper ring are not revealed. That was one of, That's one of the, the myths of Washington is that he was a truthful and honor, honest <laughs> man who never told a lie no. and uh, uh, told the truth about everything, which isn't true. No, he was – He, was he used the, a lot of deceptive tactics. He uh, did. And he did. spies and things of that sort. So some people think that this woman was acting on the orders of Washington to seduce – this man to keep this much needed support away from Trenton mm. to ensure the victory. Maybe he sent his wife Martha on a secret mission. I don't think it was Martha because she was not known as a comely young woman. Comely? Comely. What kind of a word? What is that? You look it up. Oh my so God. So, anyway, so to your point earlier, there is a lot of su- supposition of who this person might be. Mm. One of the people may be, in fact, Betsy Ross. Oh. The famous person who supposedly made the first American flag. So, they had to give her a place in history, but they didn't want to say she was a slut. That's correct. Ah. So it could have been Betsy Ross who was shacking up with Colonel Von Donop and caused this uh, this victory. You know what? She took one for the team, though. I'll give her that. Yeah, because, well, he was supposedly uh, Colonel Von Donop and actually continued on throughout the war, um, w- was was a, a womanizer. He was a handsome he man. He was a handsome man. He was thick below the waist. I don't know about that. <laughs> but anyway, so who is this mysterious woman? Uh, we don't know, but her con- contributions to American history are, are cannot be overstated. Just think if we would have lost that, we'd all be speaking English right now. We would. That'd be horrible. Or Hessian. Ooh. All right, so that's interesting. Maybe we can. Uh, maybe someday we'll uh, we'll find out who that was. If we can decipher the Culpepper ring. The, the, it's the Culper. No, Culpepper. Also, no, Culpepper. No, they, they, I've seen it used in both ways. No, Culpepper, Virginia was <clears throat> where George Washington was from. Culper was the, the short I've heard it both it. ways. No, it was the Culper ring. I've wrong. heard it both ways. All right, okay. jumping into the next conspiracy. Here we go. Theory slash uh, hoax. Who knows? What, whatever you want to make of it. And this one probably not a lot of people have heard of, but there is a lot of interesting information about it. And we'll try to blast through this here quickly. We won't delve too much into it, but if you want to look it up on your own, you can, you can certainly do that. So we all know about the Titanic, right? We do. We've heard about the Titanic. We know that it was a large ship uh, that sunk on its maiden voyage. And uh, thousands of people were killed, right? It was the ship that on- that God couldn't sink. That's right. Supposedly. You know, when we talked about uh, the movie The Titanic, Jack could have lived. If yeah. uh, Rose would have just moved over. I don't know if you've ever seen the show Mythbusters, where they actually test- <laughs> they tested this myth. I've seen it. I've seen the... They got the actual wood. Yeah. They, they made the same size. They put weight on it. And they both could well, have got on top of the Kate wood Winslet and floated a, away. Kate Winslet is a heavy hottie back you think, then. Do you think she... No. She was a little heavy. Maybe a little plump. She was a little chunk. But I wouldn't say heavy. Well, maybe maybe Jack figured that if he would have got on there, that he would have sank the 
We were sinking. So the Titanic supposedly was the biggest ship of its time, and as we know, it sank on its maiden maiden voyage from England on ten uh, the tenth of April in nineteen twelve. It sank five days later because it left on the tenth. Oh, okay. There is a theory, however, that the Titanic never sank, <laughs> and that it was her sister ship, the Olympic, that actually sank. So when you say sister ship, it's a ship that is ex- exactly the same size. Uh they're very very similar. There are actually three ships that were being they were they were being built by the White Star Cruise Line. Uh, well, actually, they commissioned a company to build them, the White Star Line, and it was the Olympic, the Titanic, and the Britannic. Oh. And the Olympic was the first one that was actually constructed, and basically had a lot of bad luck associated with it. Oh, so just just to to just to surmise everything quickly before we delve deeply into it. Why would they do that? Why would they Why would they fake this? I have no idea. Well, basically, it was a huge insurance scam, and I'm oh. going to tell you why here in a second. All right. All right? So the Olympics' maiden voyage was June 14, uh, 1911, which was a little less than a year before the Titanic uh, right. shoved off. And that was captained by Edward Smith, who was probably the worst captain in the history of passenger liners. Uh-oh. Aside from that guy that tipped that other cruise ship over in Italy. Oh, the, uh, the Costa Concordia. Yeah. That one. So on its first few voyages... The Olympic, as I said, had bad luck, and it was involved in a f- series of maritime incidents. Uh-oh. All right? It's causing damage to the ship. And the second of these, or the worst of these, was when it collided with the HMS Hawk, which was a, uh, a British military ship. Caused some serious damage. Almost sunk the ship, actually. Oh. Um, so they actually, it, it limped its way back to Southampton, England, for some uh, some repairs. Much needed repairs. And then finally to the to the original shipyard uh, to, to make it seaworthy again. Right. So the Olympic was actually deemed at fault for this accident, okay. even though technically it wasn't, but because the government ship collided into it, the government said, nope, the Olympics is at fault, oh. and the insurance companies refused to pay out, um, and it was a financial disaster for the White Star Company. I bet. Okay? So as I said, the Olympic was, was wrought with problems. Right. So it cost $2.5 million which to the ba- company, which, which, is about, then. which is about $60 million today. Right. So- they say that after the ship was repaired, it had a the Olympic had a slight uh, list, right, or a a, a lean, it if you will, move, right. to, to the port side, okay. which is important later on. Yes, because what you're going to see when the Titanic makes its maiden voyage, passenger passengers re- reported that it had a lean to one side. Really? Certainly. I have a lean to one side too. You do. Which side is that? I'm not going to discuss. It. This is a family show. Oh, so in order to expedite the repairs to the Olympic ship. The Harland and Wolf Company, which were the builders of those particular ships, they actually used, because the Titanic was being built at the time, right? So they said, let's just pirate the Titanic's parts and put them on the Olympic. So they took <laughs> they took the starboard propeller from the Titanic as it was being built and put it on the Olympic to in order to expedite the repair so the Olympic could get back in service, which it did on November 29th, 1911. So going to February uh, of 1912, the drunk captain of the Olympic <laughs> lost another propeller b- blade on his way to New York and limped back to Belfast for more repairs. How did so, he do that? With did one he, propeller. He misplaced it. So as you can see, the the Olympic had some problems. So they sure. wanted to get rid of that ship. Right. And what better way to do it uh, is to switch it with the Titanic. But you say, how is this possible? What, they, were they ever in the same port at the same time? Why, yes, they were. Oh. When they went back, when the Olympic went back to get its repairs, the Titanic was in port at the time. Okay. So they started to switch out. So they were just moving stuff from one to the other. That's right. Okay. They were switching out parts of the ships. But then what did they do with the parts from the Titanic? What do you mean? You're saying they're switching them out. That's right. 
So what did they do with the good ones? No, no, no. I'm saying like all the different like anything that any like anything that said Titanic or Olympic. Oh, they were just changing they the were names. Switching the oh, names. Oh, 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 I see. Okay. Right. So there was no there was no trace of what was happening. Okay. Okay. So the the ships are basically pretty much identical except for a, a few minor variations. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna get into those here in a second. All right. Sure. I'm all with right. you. I'm with you, man. Okay. So a few more interesting clues, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you know who J.P. Morgan was? I do. He was a steel magnate. He was. He was a, he was a, a business mongol. Mongol? No, was no, he, he was wasn't he, from Mongolia. Was he Mogul. steel or was he oil? No, I think he was a banker. But he was a super, uh, super rich guy. He was a rich dude. Back in the day. Uh, and he had he had financial uh, stake in the White Star Line. In he the, had in, stake? In like, the ships. What kind of stake? Was it ribeye? So... Did you know J.P. Morgan was actually supposed to be on the Titanic? I did not know that. When it went down. But he promised everybody he was going to be there. Shortly before he was on the ship and before it took off, he said he was ill and could not make the trip. Oh. Which raises red flags, right? Sure. Why would he? He, Why must would he, have, not? he must have known something was going to happen. Hmm. Not only that, he had some of his valuables that were already on the ship taken off. Really? Before the ship left. Maybe he had precognition that something bad was going to happen. Before they left left the uh, the port. So interestingly, when the Olymp- Olympic was taken out of service in 1935, part of the wood paneling and other parts, uh, they were basically going to be uh, repurposed, right? Mm. So one of the uh, identifying characteristics that they used to put on these ships was they would number them, right? Right. So the number 401... Which is the area code for Rhode Island. That is the area code for Rhode Island. That was the number given to Titanic when it was being built, 401, mm-hmm. right? The Olympic would actually should have been 400, 400. So why would you say that the, that the identifying numbers on the Olympic were actually the Titanic's numbers? Why? I don't know. Ah. You don't know either. Do you know? But there goes the dog again. Not only that, when they went down, you know how they've done the, the submersibles and they go down and they explore yeah, yeah, the yeah. wreck of the Titanic? Yep. And they went and they checked the starboard propeller. Okay. Remember how I said they were switched out? Yes. So if that was the original uh, starboard propeller, right? What would it? What would? What would the number be? Four hundred. Right. But if you remember, they switched it out with the Titanic, so the number is four hundred one on the starboard propeller. Okay. And it's four hundred on the other one. Well, is okay. Can't all this be explained by? Okay, let's say you're the White Star Line, right? Yep. You own two huge ships. Yep. And one thing breaks on another one. And you just wanted to move one thing from the other to fix it. Why is that a conspiracy? Yes, but I don't he, understand why. But here's that... something interesting. They have they have some grainy video of when the Titanic supposedly left on its maiden voyage. Right. And on the port side of the ship are huge uh, patch, patchwork, basically, patchwork of steel. Uh, what looks like huge repairs on the on the side of the ship. Why would they need to repair a brand new ship like that? Well, you know, some, maybe something got damaged during construction or something. No, like no. That was the Olympic. That had been damaged but previously. But what is the point of all this? Like, why would they do that? What's the point of of? Well, it was, this? it was an it was a giant scam, an insurance claim, okay. basically. So they killed all these people on purpose? No, they didn't mean to kill them. Oh, it just no, I no, see, no, so no. It was an accident. No, still. they had a plan. They had a plan set in place. Uh-huh. And 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 this actually goes. It really, honestly, it digs really deep into the actions of the people involved it digs deep into the actions of the other ships in the area mm-hmm. the iceberg why did the, why did the titanic supposedly deviate off course through like something like 3 miles into an iceberg field when they were clearly warned that there was an iceberg field ahead of them 
Why did the... Uh, Weren't they just trying to make better time? The SS Californian, which was a uh, a, uh, a transport ship that had left port, right. um, supposedly witnessed the entire thing happen, and they did nothing to help them. Okay. They, they even warned them of the icebergs. Um, oh. So that that that's another uh, interesting Can't reason. Can't all of these things be chalked up, though, to uh, the... The the people who run the, sh- the run the show are just were trying to they were trying to make good time they were trying to cut corners they were trying to make a a splash with getting the the the, uh, the first voyage over mm-hmm. and they they cut corners they, they they did some things that were not safe and it resulted in all these people getting killed it's possible but but the evidence points to the fact that uh, that they were doing this on purpose for mon- uh, monetary reasons okay you know and and I don't I don't uh, I don't. I actually subscribe to the idea that money rules everything, and people sure. will do strange and desperate things. Of course, they do to, uh, to not only to to earn money, but to save their own money and save their own skins. Sure, so to they speak. do absolutely. So I'll just leave you with this. Lastly, as I was trying to say uh, before, so there's pictures of of the Olympic and the Titanic, and it's clear that there's differences, even though they're both large and similar mm. similar ships. There are some main differences, right? So on the Olympic. There's a there's a row of thin windows that are unevenly spaced. Okay. If you look at pictures of the actual Titanic, there are large windows and they're all evenly spaced. Okay. If you look at pictures of the ship that's on the bottom of the Atlantic, it's more consistent with the pictures that we know of of the Olympic. But when would there be pictures taken of the Titanic if it, if if it sank on its maiden voyage? They they have pictures of it as it was as it being, being built and oh, as it was leaving oh, port initially. So what the, the so what happened to the Olympic? The Olympic was was decommissioned in 1935, and it was taken apart. And the 1935. Parts, so, so what happened in the intervening years? It just it continued it was being on. Used. It was being used. That's correct. Yep. Okay. Well, the whole thing is 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 kind of confusing. It, it's a bit confusing, and there's actually, like I said, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of um. You have to look at the actions of the people involved. Yeah. Um. And there there's actually a lot of uh, interesting uh, videos, and there's some there's some articles and things about it that you can that you can check out as well. So you make wow. up your own mind. I find it really interesting, and yeah. I don't put it past anybody to try anything. No, I mean, like I said, especially in regards to money, and it was a big deal at the time, and. Uh, yeah, and unfortunately, we, we would have never known that anything was amiss had the accident not occurred and all those people were killed. That's that's true. And you know what? We, we, uh, we're running out of time. We, we're not going to get to the internet conspiracy that I was going to discuss, which okay. is unfortunate. We can save that for another day. Um, well, but yeah, so so today's show was a little bit different. We talked about some some conspiracies in history, really, from three distinct periods. Oh, yeah. We had the uh, 1700s, we had the early 1900s, and then we had the middle to late 1900s. And I and I beat your brains in in movie trivia. And I was beaten soundly, and not in a good way, by uh, Jay. No. So, uh, I think going forward, like I said, next week or the week after, we're going to we be getting on another interesting guest. Yep. And uh, this individual um, supposedly has some paranormal... Uh, you know, stories and experiences, as well as some psychic ability, I believe. Ooh. But I, I'm going to uh, get a little more on her bio here shortly. Okay. And I will just leave you with this. Her name is Jade. Jade. And that is her real name. That is a cool-sounding name. It's not a stage name. Really? No. I'm not inter- as far as I understand it. I'm interested. Is she going to be here in studio, or is she going to be on the phone? No, she's a great distance away, actually. Oh, that's so, too bad. Um, she, she, she has a tight schedule, so she can't fly into town okay. for the uh, for the live studio. We couldn't send the private jet for her? No, not no. This time? It's not in the budget this year. Maybe okay. next year. Maybe. 
So we'll get her on. We'll talk about her. And then, you know, obviously going forward, we'll have some more interesting and exciting uh, topics. So uh, if, as as you're uh, listening to this program, we are experiencing some changes, as Jay mentioned. So there may be a little bit of a delay in the schedule. We're not quite sure. Uh, and we're actually going through some changes with the website, too. So if you go on the website and it's down, we are still alive. We are still broadcasting. But we're looking at maybe uh, upgrading our, our, our Internet presence. And you know what I found out, too? This is a mystery, too, that I don't understand. What? So I, I always keep track of how many listens that we have across the country, across the yeah, world. Yep. And I've noticed that Sundays, yep. you know, you go to bed Sunday, or, or excuse me, you wake up Sunday morning, Sunday morning, yep. or Monday morning, whatever, sometime during the day on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people listen. Yeah. Uh, I don't a know what that's happening either. But well, you know, it's the Lord's Day. and no, uh, We are a very spiritual show. That's right. They feel like we bring you closer to God. Yeah. So maybe that's why they listen on Sundays. But, you know, send us some feedback. If, you're, uh, if you like the show, tell, tell a friend. Uh, t- and tell us that you like us because we we are in desperate need of attention and uh, and, right. and reassurance. And we have a stack of fridge magnets that we're we trying to give away. We have a bunch of fridge, ma- fridge magnets. So, so if you want one, let yeah. us know. So it's the Eon Project at Yahoo.com. It's T H E E O N Project at Yahoo.com. All right. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. Until next time, just remember the truth exists. Believe it.